Last week we had the ministry fair, and it'll continue this week as well in the hallway there. And there was uh, just a lot of energy, a lot of conversations that were going, a lot of activity in the hall. I heard comments like, I really like this. It was great meeting new people. I like talking about my ministry. I was uh, happy to be signing up new people, which happened at many of the tables. And uh, someone else said, I'm glad we're doing it again this week because it was too much for one week. Okay, a lot of tables to get around to. So all of that is a seed thought planting the idea that after the message today and after worship, we'll be again in the hall with, uh, with the, ministry, um, the ministry leaders and recognizing that some of you weren't here last week. I would uh, pray that you would also make your way into the hall. Others that might have been here, hey, you will be incentivized by the fact that Becky brought pastries, okay? So uh, there's, you know, more than one reason to find, a, find a, uh, yourself in the hall. The theme for these two weeks is I will do my part, and uh, we want to be the church of Christ. That is the church that lives out embodies God's qualities. And last Sunday, I used the example of the children walking up here and giving their offering, and again, it was so sweet to see it again today, as an illustration of the type of spiritual atmosphere that we're aspiring to here at McKnight Crossings. And I asked the question in that particular message, and I'll ask it again here for us to just think about, when the children come up here and, and off, make their offering, what does it communicate uh, to, to you? And uh, I put together my slide of responses, and we wouldn't mind going and advance Jeff to that, is that uh, I, I see God's spirit at work. I see vitality in the little ones. The, there's a certain joy and enthusiasm and hope. You see kids worshiping, and that teaches us again as adults just the visibility of the multi-generations that are going on in this congregation, unity and diversity and family and parents and grandparents and this multi-generational uh, uh, impact that we're having. And it says what kind of congregation we are. It says something about who we are. And I think it's we've been kind of in, in uh, migration. We've been a work in progress, as someone said uh, this week, that uh, we had lunch together, and they said, you know, I think it's really for quite a few years, McKnight has been a work in progress. And I think that's true, but I think we're finding our grounding in these values. And I love the way that that's uh, all coming together. We put it together in a mission statement and the mission uh, vision statement. The, as the mission doesn't change, but our vision does from time to time. And we talked about to journey together as a diverse spirit-led family, generously reaching the next generation for Christ. And so we've tried to put our money where our mouth is. We've tried to do our hiring and our emphasis as a congregation with this in mind. So this is a vision shared and done jointly across generations that we pray will be led by God's Holy Spirit, uh, both to build up the body and for the sake of the next generation. And so in the midst of that, for these two weeks, we're calling this, I will do my part. 
I want to I want to say it this way from a couple of word pictures, and the first is, and I mentioned this one last week as well, that as we focus on the next generation particularly, I believe that the rising tide lifts all boats. And as I said, that was a phrase originally used by John F. Kennedy, but the idea was that uh, if the economy does well, everybody does well. And so likewise here at McKnight, if we're filling the nursery, if uh, the children are coming in, this is good for parents, this is good for grandparents, this is good for the congregation, this is good for older ones who are seeing their role in mentoring and discipling and enabling the next generation. The rising tide lifts all boats. If we think of it in a little bit different uh, metaphor, I might say it this way, if we think of our ourselves, uh, Glenn Devania used to say, uh, or, uh, we're not a cruise ship, we're a battleship as a congregation. And so if I might use that a particular metaphor, we're saying all hands on deck here in this congregation. And you need to be thinking about your life. And you need to think, be thinking about your role in building up the body of Christ here at McKnight. If you're committed to this body, then, then by all means, go all in in terms of who you are and in terms of all the resources and assets you have to build up this church, much as you would see uh, this working on the deck of, of uh, I don't know if it's an aircraft carrier, I presume, or a, cruise sh uh, or a battleship, but certainly not a cruise ship. This morning, as I give biblical justification for I will do my part, then I want to talk about just some of the ministries of this congregation and finally bring it all together with some thoughts. And there are four passages in the New Testament that speak of, there's probably more than this in a, in a sort of an ancillary way, but in terms of primary passages, four that speak of building the body of Christ. And I want to read them all, it won't take long, but I want you to see the consistency of the thought coming from different letters of the scripture but pointing in the same direction with this idea I will do my part and uh, each of them uh, kind of making that main point that's hard to ignore so this first one is from 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 27. The text says, and we could back up, and this is the, the imagery of the body of Christ and all those wonderful, wonderful sections of this scripture that point to the body working together. But I want to just hit one verse. Now you are the body of Christ, and each one of you is a part of it. When Paul writes to the church in Corinth, he uses this analogy, and it's brilliant, this picture of the body with Christ as the head, which has been dominant now for the church ever since. So we are this body. And what Christ could not complete while on earth, his church is here to carry it out. And while this is familiar, I don't want us to skip over the power of this in terms of what this, when this happens, how this, we become a healthy church, a place, a vessel in which Christ works. 
So you are a part of it. What's it mean? We're, we're not on our own. I'm not on our own. None of us are on our own. Paul says, you can't say I don't need you. As hard as it is sometimes, we need one another. Now the other day I was in Minnesota with my grandsons. And they're being homeschooled. So the morning started with a puzzle. And the puzzle was a map of the United States and the capitals. And so they would put in a piece and we would talk about the state and then we would talk about the capitals and they were putting the, ca the puzzle together, quizzing one another and we were laughing and having a good time about, uh, because a lot of capitals in this country are not the city that you'd think would be the capital because there's a lot of like bigger cities and when you think of that state, you think of the bigger city, but it's like the capital is something else. And so we were all having fun doing this and we got to the end and there was one puzzle piece missing. And we're all a bit of freaking out what happened to it and where is it and where did it go? And we're all scrambling. We're looking under the books. We're looking on the floor. We're looking under the pillow. We're looking at the box. And after a few minutes, my grandson Will said, just joking, I was hiding it. <laughs> I want you to think about, are you one of those missing people? That missing piece. I will do my part. Now, when Paul writes to the Romans a little bit later in his life, he summarized it brilliantly, and this is our second passage. And in this, again, this idea is using your gifts to build up the body, and again, pointing out that we're, we're one, but we're made up of many. We have a variety of gifts and different capabilities, and all for the purpose, if you'll look at the text carefully, for the purpose of loving one another. And the text says this, for just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function, Okay, we have different abilities and talents and, and gifts given by the Holy Spirit. So in Christ, we though many form one body and each member belongs to all the others. Let me read the third passage. This one's from the book of Ephesians. Again, coming from the Apostle Paul. Just interesting how he reinforced this and said this again and again in each of, in each of the letters, one way or another, trying to reinforce this. And I'm going to come back for just, in just a moment and see if I can answer the question why. Because it's been, it's been, it's been on my mind uh, for the, all week. Why, is this, why was this so important to him? And we see so many mega churches, you know, working today, which I'm not sure can very easily exercise this kind of, uh, this kind of take on life that Paul outlines here. And, and that's not to say that we do it perfectly, even here, but even with this group of people, it's hard sometimes to figure out what is my part and how do I do it. But why did Paul emphasize this? Let's read it in Ephesians 4, 5, 15 and 16. Instead, speaking the truth in love, will grow to become in every respect, this is our goal, the mature body of him who is the head. That is Christ. From him the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love as each part 
does its work. As we move into a phase of American Christianity, particularly where, where, where so many think that they can be a Christian without being connected to the body, I have to ask again, have you read the New Testament? Are you reading the Apostle Paul or are you picking and choosing what you want to see and believe? This passage, again, is extraordinary as truth and love come together, making the body strong. In every passage, Christ is the head, central to the body's well-being, and the purpose is love. There you got it. Working together, coming together in love. How does it work its way through the body as each part does its work? And then to carry out the fullness of these passages, it, it may require you to even do an adjustment as you think about what is church? What is my role in this church body? There's no place for sitting on the sidelines. So finally we come to the last passage. It's the one Kirk read to us. I would say the final one in the big four. And in 1 Peter 4, 4, 10, and 11. And I wanted to not skip over this one for the particular reason that now we're moving beyond Paul's letters to Peter reinforcing it in his own way, in his own language, saying much the same thing. Each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. Okay, now he's describing our giftedness as God's grace. But each of you should use that gift of grace. If anyone speaks, they do it so as one who speaks the very words of God. If anyone serves, they should do so with the strength God provides. They're serving gifts, they're speaking gifts, but they all have the same goal. So that in all things, God may be praised. When the body is functioning well, God is praised through Jesus Christ. Amen? Okay, I want to put up the next slide because I want us to see a commonality of all four passages. There's a particular phrase. Each one of you is a part of it. Each member belongs to all the others. Each part does its work, each of you should use whatever gift you have. That is quite interesting, isn't it? That word each is such a weird little word. You ever say a word over and over until it doesn't mean anything? <laughs> it's kind of one of those little words that can get away from you. But it's saying we each have a place and have a role. It takes a while sometimes to find it. If you're new here, might be struggling with that. Others have been here, couldn't quite figure it out, moved on. I pray this will be on your heart. How can you be one of those when it says each? Why does the New Testament emphasize this? As our elder Brad over here has said many times, we here at McKnight believe in the priesthood of all believers. And unlike the Old Testament, 
And unlike other religions, we believe that each person comes to Christ, is baptized into Christ, and is given God's Spirit. The reason that we each have a role is because we each possess the Holy Spirit of God. This was the new covenant idea that exploded in the first century that we can read about in the book of Acts that, that both men and women prophesied that each person as families were baptized came to be given Christ and the Holy Spirit. And so particularly since the Holy Spirit dwells and animates your life, your gift is needed to build up God's church. The gift of the Holy Spirit is given to you in your baptism is the reason your gift to the body is so important. Now I want us to think about this in terms of some of our ministries right here at this congregation at this time. And I've labeled them and these are kind of corny. But I call them cruising ministry. They all started with a C. Cruising ministries, in other words, we're going, things are buzzing along pretty well. And then I labeled the second one chugging ministries. And that is we're kind of making our way and we're working it out and it's coming together, but it's uh, chugging along. And then I struggled with the last one. We had cruising, we had chugging, and the last one I called crawling. Now, I first put down the word choking, <laughs> but I thought, well, that is a little grim. So then I asked Becky what I should use in there, and I said, okay, I couldn't think of another C, and, and I said, what do you think about creeping? And she said, that is terrible. <laughs> so we gave up choking and creeping, and we'll just talk about some crawling ministries in a minute, okay? Let me, but let me illustrate in a couple of different ways. And Jeff, if you don't mind, go ahead and put the first one. The food pantry, this is the table of the food pantry that Barb is doing, and we talked about the food pantry quite a bit and just the families that are being helped on a very, very consistent basis, the volunteer base from this congregation that's been so solid. So again, this ministry is cruising along in terms of you the congregation, you're responding and providing food and we're giving food to our community and we're having conversations with people, and we're praying with people, we're finding ways to help people and bless people through this ministry. So you get the point we're cruising along well the next one then I would say is the children's ministry and really since the since uh, Jeremiah's arrival he, that guy rethinks everything 
okay? And, and not only does he rethink it, but he's insistent that he's right, okay? And so then he goes ahead and changes it. And it's, and it's working, and he's blessing people, and our families, are, I think, it feel pretty good, you know? He's learning his way, and, he's, and I'm, I'm almost certain you've been asked to serve more than once, okay? Because it's just the way Jeremiah just gets in there and does that. And so he, we're doing well with a cruising ministry with our children's ministry. Let me give you one more that I think is cruising right along that some of you might not know much about, and that's the pastoral ministry. The pastoral ministry is relatively new within the last year. So Collins Corridor's been heading this group. There's about six or eight of those in our congregation that are on a regular basis going out, making visits. visits. And if you'll notice, in each one of these slides is Ben Meringer's dog. Because the dog is a part of this team, okay? I don't know. It wasn't originally. We didn't really originally invite the dog, but it's just been the way that this ministry has worked, okay? We do have a few that have said, don't bring that dog by my house, okay? Okay, but, but by and large, the dog has been well received and uh, probably a lot better than Ben, to be honest, okay? You all know what I mean there, all right? So it's a combination kind of works out. But uh, that we, this, this group has been just doing a nice job in terms of making pastoral visits, coming out of COVID, and uh, serving and loving and, and doing, doing a kind of extending the footprint of our shepherds. And I uh, really congratulate uh, Collins and, and Barb Eichley and, and Ben Maringer and others that have been uh, consistently uh, a part of that. <coughs> there are others, like too, 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 almost too many to list there, but I appreciate you being a part of that pastoral ministry, and I really do think we're doing some uh, good, good things there. The chugging ministries. Well, I wanted to mention faith in action and, uh, her, and then fellowship and the youth I put down as ministries that are in a pretty good place. I love the youth ministry in terms of the way things are going and the kids, you sitting down here on the front rows. Let's go back, go to the next slide, Jeff, and there's our faith in action. Some of you may or may not know this ministry we had for several years, then it got stopped and waylaid by COVID. Now we've started this back up, but this is a particular ministry that Don and Steve Autry have re reignited with the idea that we'll go out and serve widows and, and others in the congregation that are in need and really anyone both in this congregation and in our community that has a need, we want to be there to uh, help serve. And so, for instance, recently uh, the group went and built a retaining wall for uh, Robin Ostrike. And so that was a pretty big project. Hope not them all are that big, but on November 5th, congregationally, we're going to work with the Faith in Action group. And you got to go by and see the table because Steve, Steve did a very, he's got a stepladder there and he's got a saw that I hope he doesn't use that saw for any projects because it's rusty and it doesn't really look like it could cut much, but it does a nice job on the table as a prop. Okay, but the idea of the faith in action is to get the guys and anyone who wants to be a part of this ministry out serving other people in the name of Christ. Okay, and then on November 5th, we're going to go out as a congregation right after worship, and uh, we'll be raking leaves as a congregation. Uh, we'll have designated houses where folks need uh, their leaves raked. Well, 
fellowship ministry. I want to thank Carrie Ferguson for uh, within the last year. I, I, I'm still not sure she's, she realized she volunteered. Okay, she, she somehow became the leader of this ministry to a certain degree without ever saying yes to it. And uh, there might have been a little coercion by some senior minister in that, uh, that process. But she's done a great job along with, with her team. She needs the others that are on that, but they're chugging along in terms of ways that they are serving uh, the congregation uh, as evidenced by our church in the park uh, just a couple weeks ago. Also included in this ministry, doing a great job is Nathan and uh, and both in term in terms of working with the youth and uh, this is a probably a Wednesday night. I just love the way that Wednesday night is so consistent as a, as a setting where the kids can come and be a part of that. How about Sophie doing communion for us the, this, this morning and leading that way? We're seeing our teens engaged in so many wonderful, wonderful ways. And so there is that ministry uh, chugging along. All right, crawling. We've got a few that are really sort of still struggling here post-COVID to get this all together. So one is hospitality. I'm distinguishing that from the fellowship ministry. But hospitality is things like doing uh, wedding showers and baby showers and receptions and other ways that we bring people together that seem to be the heart and soul of McKnight for a long, long time. But as our demographics change, as the congregation changes, this gets a little bit harder to, uh, to perform this ministry, whether this from the coffee ministry to uh, how do you handle a funeral meal, okay? These are areas where we need volunteers, and in fact, we need ministry leaders. Likewise, we've been, uh, the women's ministry, the women's prayer breakfast got planned, and I thank you, Betty, and the team for doing that. But again, to really take, and now there's a ladies' Bible class that's meeting on Thursdays up here, so we, we're, seeing, we're seeing some signs. But the women's ministry, the men's ministry, these uh, particularly are in need of leadership and a volunteer base. So I hope something in there will Prick your heart. Okay, shifting gears just a bit, but uh, tying it all back in just a moment. I want to make an announcement. I'll be 64 next month, which means I'll be 65 next year. Did everybody get that fine math? Okay. For several months, I've been talking to the elders about my retirement plans and what that might mean uh, for the church here, what that might mean for me. Uh, it's hard to keep up with eight grandkids in three states. So this last week I ran up to Minnesota for a couple of days, but uh, the elders have had some uh, long meetings then to consider this with me and next steps on all of this. And so for that reason, I'm informing you as a congregation well in advance so that no one will be surprised when my office is cleaned out by the end of August next year of 2024. And our prayer and our hope, and we want to start right now with this, uh, meaning uh, for every, all hands on deck, I'll do my part with this, is that ideally by the fall of next year or by the time school starts, a new senior minister and family 
will be here in St. Louis so that the kids could start school for the fall of 2024. Now, uh, no one knows how hard or easy that might be. We might be able to stumble on someone through the Lord's doing. I think there's a lot of attractive elements about this congregation, a lot of things we've worked through over the last 10, 12 years that would say, for many ministers out there, that's a place where I would like to be. Okay? So we're going to start that soft search, is what we're calling it, for the new person right away. If you know somebody, you can text them today. Meaning, um, soft search, meaning someone we might know or someone that we'd be ready to talk to. And if we can bring them in, even as early as the first of the year, let's say, and they overlap with my time, we'll, or we will figure out that they really don't want to do that, and they would love for Jeff just to go away, then we'll figure that out too, okay? In other words, we'll be kind of adaptable and flexible with how to handle all of that. We'll figure that out. <clears throat> if, uh, if no one then uh, is surfaced, through the soft search, a more formalized search process will begin in the spring. Okay? And uh, Don's got the closing prayer today, so he can bring all this together in terms of the ways that I might have not mentioned it all uh, completely. But here's my desire, my heart's desire, is to finish strong and to strengthen the ministries of this congregation, the very thing that we're working on in this two-week series, I will do my part. So as the, with the second week of the ministry fair today, with Becky serving the pastries and the coffee in the foyer, met with Eric McPherson earlier this week, and he said, you know what, Camp Neotez had their booth or their little table, and they had all these really good giveaways. <laughs> and so Eric said, I'm competitive. I am going to up the game. So I don't know who's got the, I don't know who's got the Christian Family Services table today, because I know Eric and Elizabeth are out of town, but uh, there's going to be some giveaways over there from CFS. So I want you to see what they've got in store, and uh, take today's Bible class to talk to the ministry leaders. And then with my retirement heads up, I hope that you'll see all the more the importance of this idea. I will do my part. All hands on deck. Everyone is, is needed, and as the text so plainly said to us, each is needed. Each is needed.